Voice America. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 25, Episode 10 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. And I'm Kimmy. And that's it, just the two of us. That's it, that's fine. Well, the stroke may show up later. Yeah. Possibly. We got it covered, we're good. Yep. All right, uh, in this episode, Ryan writes in about genres, in quotes, Ooh. of games. Uh-oh. Useless trivia man, and long-time listener, uh, asked for some advice for an upcoming game. Uh, Allervant sends a follow-up about his abusive GM... Which is amazing. Yeah. And uh, Andy from Germany sends us a choose-your-own-show topic slash adventure. Oh. That sounds exciting and But scary. first, if you would like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're on the social meteors. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and MeWe. Happyjacksrpg, all one word. And I posted on the week this week. And for and the forum. And we have a forum, happyjacksforum.com. That's happyjacksforum.com. Yes. Live stream. We do the show live on Fridays <laughs> at 7, 11 p.m. Pacific time. And you can see us here at happyjacks.org slash live. Happyjacks.org slash live. You can see us. It's kind of scary. And you will see us. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, the shit hit the fan in the last Call of Cthulhu game. It's going to be coming Whoa. out this week. Oh, man. <laughs> Three out of the four players failed significant sanity checks and lost large amounts of sanity. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to check it out, out that one and the other actual plays that are happening right now and in the past, check out uh, happyjacks.org slash shows. Uh, but yeah, as one of the players who failed that sanity, that was, that was exciting. You actually got to do the... Uh, bout of madness. Yeah, because like, nobody was around, so I didn't even get to know what happened. It was crazy. A <laughs> uh, little bit of a content warning, though. Um, like, there, it does get pretty heavy. So, it realize, did. yeah, <laughs> realize it's a it's a horror genre. You know, people contemplate self-harm. People harm other people, FYI, if you're not into that. But if you're into Cthulhu and all the horror that comes with it... People harm dogs? Not... Not terribly, because Not that's terribly. a that's a line for many of us. We've actually yes. put that down. So the dog got a little injured, and thank you for the dog. The dog's the best dog. He's such a good boy. <laughs> All right. He's such a boy. He's a good All boy. Right. Uh, genres and gameplay from Ryan. Okay. Hey all, I hope you are having a marvelous day. You find people have requested emails, so here we go. Uh, you have discussed genres and games a few times recently, and I noticed the trend as you consider such points as sci-fi versus fantasy that I felt that would be more uh, would would be prominent to to this discussion. Um, then I felt, I think he means, um, I noticed that you are considering RPGs genres as though they are movies or books instead of RPGs, and I'm not saying that you are necessarily wrong to do so, but I found it kind of weird, like trying to categorize movies by the shoe size of the directors. I have that, they do that on IMDb, there's a there's a folder or a tab for... For, really? Yeah. Um, sure, you might be able to draw a trend from this data, but... It seems like it's more practical to use other points of analysis. My thoughts are that RPGs or any other game should be categorized by how it is played instead of using setting, setting or trapping in fiction. Drink. All right now, I'm just fascinated. Like I want to go look at my husband's IMDb page and see if his shoes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
There's a lot of weird stuff on there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they should add it. I'll send Maybe I'll go add my husband's shoe size just so he's the only one. <laughs> yeah, it'll start a trend. Next thing you know, everyone's shoe size is on there. <laughs> and then suddenly it's searchable. Yeah. <laughs> For instance, D&D is a game about fighting monsters, surviving traps, and getting treasure. Jerk. And acquiring uh, new and better abilities and stuff. This is a hack and slash genre. Uh, it doesn't matter if your setting is Black Sun or Spelljammer. You are fundamentally doing the same thing. Just one you do so with sword and sorcery, and the other you can do with lasers and psionics. Like it or hate it, the rules make it easy for you to stab your way out of most scenarios. It doesn't matter if it is sci-fi or fantasy. The play is the same. It, it, it is really a difference of lightsaber or longsword. Another example, Vampire, is a game about politicking and infighting in your insular group of sociopaths and loners. Excuse me. Sorry, Canada. Um, you could try to go around killing people and taking their stuff... But the rules do not give you much to engage with on that level, as most of the things you want cannot be bought with money. It plays differently, hence more of a fun with politics and murder genre. Even if you played vampire in a vastly different setting, you would still have have to change a lot of the rules to support a D&D style play. I feel weird about asking you to drink while take, talking about vampires. Do what you want. Right, Henry. <laughs> um, I will say that you can do a lot with a base system by tweaking the rules, not saying you cannot run a murder mystery game w- with D&D or a dungeon dive in Vampire, but it were, would require a significant rewrite of the rules to make that sort of uh, play the focus of the game. The Dungeon Master's Guide 5e has optional rules for running modern futuristic campaigns, and they mostly revolve around using the weapons and armor table instead of the one in the player's handbook, but this would be a very different game than Traveler or Cyberpunk game because of how the system treats characters and rules. With this in mind, I would love to hear your thoughts on alternative genres and where various games fit into them. I personally categorize categorize my game PDFs and books by, and here here are his the genres that he's come up with that mm-hmm. he's he's organizing his brain with: hack and slash, fun with murder and politics, mindless humor. Uh, life simulators, war simulators, story simulators, all edge, no point. <laughs> Which is the best. And survival. Thoughts, drinks. Ryan. Nice. I think... See, I don't know if I agree about the vampire thing he said. Well, I... The new, the new 5e, or 5th edition vampire, I think is a little bit more because of the, the hunger mechanics they've added. A lot of vampire games in the past, rep- they, they rely a lot on the players um, like diving into the lore and diving into what clan you are um, and things like that. Because if you really want to just be like superhero modern, like, like a lot of a lot of vampire games I know, um, like end up being superhero basically. Yeah, superheroes and trench coats. Yeah, right. they basically <clears throat> like they're a little bit murdery superheroes. So I feel like it very easily could dive into just a hack and slash type game. If it weren't for the flavoring of um, of the the world created around it, yeah, I think I think what he's describing more. I mean, in some cases, rules are going to support a, a specific sort of activity, mm-hmm. but I think what he's describing more is is the genres of adventure design rather mm-hmm. than of game system. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, if I decide I want to run a game that I mean, I can run a mindless humor game in 
fucking anything. And it will still work. I mean, the yeah. rules aren't going to really affect that much yeah. at all. Um, you could have... Um, this is, I don't even know what story simulators means. Is that Maybe he means like PBTA games like that, um, where the mechanics are really about... Are all narrative-driven? Possibly. I, that would be my guess. Um, I mean, even maybe more than that. All edge, like, no point, is a lot of vampire games, too. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of... That's true. But I, I mean, vampire can fit in many of these categories. Yes. But, I mean, you can... And I don't even think it takes much in the way of tweaking the system to... If you wanted to run a politics and murder game, mm-hmm. you could totally do that in D&D. Yeah. I mean, the the combat system being the, the attrition needling down of the hit points mm-hmm. is going to be a little um, oh someone's saying that I, I forgot the the uh, intelligence check but I thought that was only for a, when you lose f- at 5 I don't think you get that because they all lost like 14 or 15 oh. anyway but we'll get to that later. we'll get to that in a second um, thank you Erica the no I just forgot what I was saying oh D- D&D and um, I, I mean, you could run a political game in D&D without a problem. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a skill to use. I mean, the mechanics aren't robust for it. Mm-hmm. Certainly, they're more robust, I guess, in, like, Vampire. More so, kind of. I mean, there's three stats for social skill, for yeah. social stuff, so... I feel like it might be something, like, we've talked about in L5R, and one of the reasons we stick with 5th edition is because it's a pretty deadly system. If you get in a duel fourth. with some fourth edition, sorry, I'm sorry, fourth edition. Um, I was just talking about vampires, so I got my right. numbers mixed up. Um, in fourth edition, the reason we stick with that is because it's really deadly. You want to talk it through before you know if you're going to kill somebody, you might die too. You're you know you're on the line, so it's not like D and D where like you can be like, oh, I tried talking to him, and now we're going to beat each other for two and a half hours because there's two of us in a fight, and it'll take two and a half hours. Right. Um, so I feel like there are some mechanics um, like that that really have... It, it gives their you incentive, basically, to mm-hmm. talk things through, to be more politic, to have someone in the party who's able to, you know, do those challenges. Not, I mean, you wouldn't learn that from our L5R games, because we always end up being a bunch of meatheads. Right. Um, <laughs> doing our best not to trip over ourselves at court. But you also don't get lightly get into duels. Right. Even though we're all a bunch of meatheads. Right. So it's a big deal. Because it takes a lot of work to make a new character in that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you get... Yeah, yeah I, I feel like that's one of the things... That that makes D and D more hack and slash. It's like it's it's kind of hard. To, it's not impossible. We know, and the dice quadruple and whatever when you fall downstairs. We know, um, but it, it's harder to die, so it's easier to be have hack and slash be your answer to every problem. Right. I mean, I, I, I do find this interesting, and I think this is worth exploring at some point about the different. He's he's making the genres by. What the characters do, yeah. rather than like like he's saying the setting and trappings, because mm-hmm. the setting and trappings in an RPG are really in, in not always, but in some cases, kind of secondary. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? Hundred <laughs> percent agree. You know, shining example: Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. One rule set: play whatever you want. You just rename some stuff, and off you go. Yeah. And that's the, that. And I think that thin veneer of setting mm-hmm. is is. A lot thinner on other games besides Savage Worlds than most people want to realize. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's one of the things I love. Like one of the reasons I'm drawn to games like Wild Talents and Savage Worlds and 
laser ponies and stuff like that, even though it comes with like this this skin on top of it, I, you can basically reskin it as anything, and that's one of the things I love to do. Right. Um, so I think that's absolutely, and the more you you dig into things, it absolutely can be that way, and you can just t- scrape off the the frosting that's on top of it, covering the cake, and just refrost it with something right. else. You oh, like. now it's a Thanksgiving cake, yeah. not a birthday cake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect example. Exactly. And you get to eat the frosting. Right. So, but, but no, I think that's good. But I do think that uh, that is an interesting, uh, interesting idea, that, that of organizing by what the players do, and that, and that actually I think would be a very helpful, um, sort of resource to have. Is like here, here are here are things sort of organized by, and I, I think he's, <clears throat> I think he's right, but I think he might almost be uh, too specific. Yeah, I, feel I almost like think you need to zoom out. Yeah, have fewer categories. I think, and like. Because in some games, or there's aspects within mm-hmm. a game, resource management. D and D is heavily heavy on resource management. Yeah. Earlier editions, especially, not so much as fifth edition. Mm-hmm. But va- old vampire, mm-hmm. Vamp- vampire before V five. Yeah. Your blood is a, is a resource that yeah. you have to you have to manage, and it drives the story. It does. And and so and he, you know he he probably had that down as survival. He one that said Possibly. survival. Let's go down the list and let's like name it one game for each section. Okay. Or at least our interpretations of your cool categories. We might be off. If so, tell us and yell at us. So, Hack and Slash, I think. No, D&D. D&D, yeah. Fun with politics and murder. I can almost put L5R in there, too. I know, right? I like, it, you're not supposed to murder, but pretty much everybody oh, who you, plays... Oh, you kind of are, because that's why Bushi exists. Well, yeah. But not like murder. That's like duel. You're supposed to kill and like duel, but you're that's, not... Not murdering. Courtiers are going to fail their their, yeah. their roles once in a while. No, yeah, and that's but that's not murder. If you're in a duel, it's not murder. Well, it is if you do it right. Well, no, <laughs> they die, but it's not murder. I'm okay, saying technically, legally. in a legal sense, no, it's not. <laughs> As someone who's been in quite a few now, thanks to your games, like it's not murder if it's an right. official duel. They My, die, but it's they deserved it. Mindless humor. Uh, mindless humor. Paranoia. Yeah. First thing, the first thing that came Fiasco. to my mind when I saw that. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, life, life. I don't know what life simulators. I don't know what life simulators are. Um, I don't know what life simulators are. I feel like well, there's. I mean, there's some indie games that fall into this category. I can't like name them, but I know there's a genre of games that are more like, like just regular games. You play like more regular people, and there's not necessarily an epic quest. It's more about oh. more exploration of different lifestyles and things like that. Um, oh, someone suggested GURPS. Maybe oh. it could be. I mean, GURPS is super real, and it's got the oh, it's got every skill you can possibly think mm-hmm. of in it. There's hundreds of skills to choose from. Oh, I know. It's I've ridiculous. tried to make characters in the system. <laughs> War Simulator. Like you could say any game that's got a crunchy combat system. Yeah. Well, and there's also just like like Warhammer and stuff like that that is like literally made to be right. Well, <laughs> y- yes, but I mean those. Those those could also be fun with politics and murders. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> All edge and no point. Oh no, story simulators. Story simulators. I'd say like fate. Maybe. Um, if we're interpreting it the same way you are, right? Yeah. Uh, I, oh, fiasco. Fiasco again, yeah. But, but then then you also have like the FFG thing where you have those those flipping fate points or whatever they're called that you're. That the GM can flip them over and use them for the bad guys, and the players can flip them over. Oh, and use like them. in Edge of the Empire. Yeah, yeah. That that's almost because I wonder if if a story simulator would be games that 
where the mechanics really affect narrative control more th- more oh, so than that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, that could work. I don't know what game would fit in All Edge and No Point, but Tappy runs it. Yeah, that's 100%. <laughs> Whatever that's it is. <laughs> I feel like on your shelf where you have a little label All Edge No Point, there's just a picture of Tappy. It's like a little <laughs> altar to Tappy there. <laughs> Or a little like uh, chiseled tappy uh, bookmark. Yeah, a little big, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then uh, survival. That w- that could be. There is games that are specific. Well, I mean, there's there's ten candles. That's sort of the opposite of survival. Yeah, you won't survive there. But that's kind of what it's about. Mm-hmm. Things like that, I suppose. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Thank, awesome. thank you for the email, Ryan. And yeah, cool. but I, I'm kind of zooming out and thinking more yeah. about like uh, like very general things about mm-hmm. what people are doing. Yeah. And again, like I think like I was actually having this discussion with my class a little bit today about how you can have uh, they're talking about author's purpose and I, it's kind of it kind of ties in with this. I feel like maybe what you're tying at is like what is the purpose of the person writing the game trying what are they trying to get at? Right. Um, so just like I was telling my students today, like you can have an informative essay that's also entertaining. Mm-hmm. That's not like the main purpose necessarily. They wanted to teach you something, but so I feel like a lot of things, especially depending on how the GM runs them, like, right. fit in multiple categories. I think you're actually going to have like a 3D oh. graph, oh, yeah. and with, with the various points being the different things you would do, and then games would sort of fit and oh, change shape within it. Some super crazy like 3D Venn diagram that just has all this crossover area. Exactly. I, I haven't had enough to drink to probably. Oh, Monster Hearts, all edge and no point. <laughs> <laughs> that was from the chat room. Often. <laughs> Can confirm. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, Ryan, for the email. We appreciate that. Yep. Advice for upcoming game from Useless Trivia Man, who also has a very nice singing man. voice, if I recall correctly. He sent in yeah. a, 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 a RPG, a Dritzman song. Oh, that's oh, right. Holy oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> that was really Something good. Something like that. That was very fun. Happy Friday to Stu and the Douche Canoe Crew. Unless trivia man, uh, useless trivia man here with a rather urgent question for you on a potentially volatile topic. Brief backstory: My 13-year-old son finally said he wants to play D and D, and I'm quietly doing joyful cartwheels in my head. Yay. I quickly slapped together a starting adventure and put out an open invitation to a D and D game for kids at the local library. I know, and expect you give me crap for running D, but fuck you guys, I love that game. Yeah, whatever. We love you too. No accounting for In days. spite of that. Um, I've gotten several hits and expect to have enough turnout to start a game. Excellent. I'm a bit nervous about this, but not worried. Yesterday, I received confirmation from someone I knew that their child will be attending. Awesome! I don't know his kids at all, but in the conversation, I picked up the, the kid is transgender. Mm-hmm. Also awesome. But as someone who hasn't ever intera- uh, had any interaction with a trans kid, I'm suddenly as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I'm absolutely cool with welcoming this child into the group, and I'm fully prepared to help them however I can. What worries me is the possibility of encountering closed-minded parents. How the fuck do I handle that potential social minefield? My inner pessimistic cynic is picturing a shouting match with some mouth-breathing redneck and the entire venture, uh, adventure falling to pieces. What sage advice can you offer? Help me, Obi Stew and Kimmy Kin. You are my only hope. Sincerely, with beer, useless trivia man. P.S. I'll let everybody know how it went after the game on Saturday. Drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink. Woo, drinking. I'd put up a sign. Put up a sign that says something like, this is a safe space, all children who want to play D&D are welcome. Mm-hmm. Put a fucking rainbow on it if you want. Yeah. And, and that way, the, the, the sort of parents who are going to have a problem with it will see that, make it obvious, and they'll turn around and walk away. Yeah, I think that's absolutely... Uh, I mean, that's sex for their kids. 
<laughs> I mean, but, but it, yeah, I mean, it, it's much better to do that and have it stay a safe space than to have the have it be a problem. Um, yeah, the, the, I, I've dealt with this some in teaching, um, and yeah, you're never going to be able to change a person's mind necessarily about it. Hopefully something will change their mind, but you yelling at them about a D&D game will not change their mind. No. If anything, it will solidify their feelings on the matter. Um, so, yeah, don't don't go into it trying to make the parents feel comfortable necessarily. Go into it having a sign like that's a great, just automatic thing there. Um, and it just work to make the kid feel comfortable and the kids feel comfortable. Um, and th- you can start that with having just a basic conversation at the beginning, like, hey, this is what we're going to start with. Um, you know, and uh, have, if you want to, if, I don't know what pronouns they use, but try, maybe if you can, find that out before the game. Then put out little cards that, in front of people that say, or if they want to wear stickers or whatever you want, you know, that say he, him, she, her, they, them, whatever they go by. Um, and that'll just be like an, a visual cue for the kids so they don't continue to misgender that child through the game. Because kids don't think about it and like they don't mean to be offensive. It depends how old they are. Yeah, my, like, my daughter. She's good about it? Oh. That's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 13, they might be great about it. But it also kind of depends on what environment they've grown up in, things like that. Sure. So that, that's a little bit. Um, and yeah, and when you introduce yourself, great. Uh, Atomic Panda in the chat room also says, use your pronouns. Like, normalize it. Um, make sure you're using some safety tools. And make sure you have a little a talk that say, hey, if you need a break, let me know. Um, hey, there's, you can pass me a note if you're not feeling comfortable. It's about something like that. Things, you know, anything like that. So that way, if that child starts to feel uncomfortable or if another child doesn't know how to deal with something, you can, they can pass you a note and you can call a break, something like that, and then just talk to them a little bit. Um, do keep in mind it's not your job to teach other people's children so you can be an example to them and they can watch you and you're accepting um you know all all these people and different types of people at your table and they can use that as a model for themselves but it's not your job to take another child person's child and be like this is how you should act this is okay or not okay or whatever i think it's okay and i i hopefully they will learn from your good example but just Keep in mind that that's not necessarily your place as a GM. But teach by example. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Like, do all the right things, and that will make them be mindful. So even if they live in a household that isn't respectful of things like that, they are seeing a good example of that. And you'd be amazed how that can impact a child. And especially at, like, 13, they're starting to question um, how they're raised, their home life, things like that. They might start reflecting on, hey, this is a really great, cool respect uh, you know a respectful place that you know everyone's having a good time maybe i should be more like this even though my family's not so that can make a world of difference um so yeah um if that's all you're worried about then you should be good but yeah i like i like the the sign idea that's good good i think it said you put it right out in front if it's a like a conference room or something put it right out in front of the door yep so right, right, right away table absolutely a little rainbow on it is a great idea just to like make it super clear mm-hmm. um yeah um and yeah um make sure also when you're doing uh characters for the game make sure you include characters of different um pronouns and things like that because that'll also normalize that as well because if you have um you know a transgender child or you know a non-binary uh child who's in the game and then everything's binary and everything's cis and everything's straight, that automatically 
like puts them like, okay, I'm the other, even though you're not trying to make that appearance. So try and make sure that there's that diversity reflected in your NPCs in the game as well. And give them the option for the, when they're creating their PCs too. Right. Excellent. Thank right. you, useless trivia. And let us know what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck. It'll be good. Sorry, there's a lot of talking, but. <laughs> and the hubris to not actually ask a, a teacher questions about how to run a game with 13 year olds. <laughs> my, my. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. 13-year-olds, good luck. <laughs> Answers to questions from Allervant. This is the this is the guy that had the GM who was like... He was playing a, a, a woman oh, yeah. character, and he got started like being super sexist to the character, and then when he kind of called him on it, the guy got... And we gave him, I thought, was was very good advice mm-hmm. on... Here's... Have an adult... The adult conversation thing. And and as I've warned on more than one occasion, sometimes you have to have two adults to have an adult conversation, and he wasn't in yeah. that situation. Yeah. So he sent us his response, which was horrendous. Oh, my God. And this is sort of... We had some questions, and he's sort of... Answering those questions now. Well, and the thing that really made me mad is like just to like clarify because I think it might come up. Um, like one of the things he used the the asshole GM used to defend himself was, well, if you didn't want to handle sexism, why did you make a female character? Because that is part of what females deal with. It's like okay. And the other thing is like his wife plays in the game and plays a female character, and she doesn't have a problem with right. it. I'm just like. Fuck you in so many levels. I have so many unkind things to say about <laughs> him and his marriage. <laughs> uh, answers to questions from Allervan. Hey guys, <clears throat> sorry about not answering sooner. The questions have been on my mind a lot, and I've been trying to come up with answers that were short, accurate, and gave good representation of my experiences. I think I got two out of three. <laughs> it's fine. The, the, these are questions we asked him. Why did you stick it with the game so long? Mm-hmm. No one asked this. Oh, I guess we didn't ask. Uh, but I know people were wondering. I had recently moved to the area and had a hard time meeting people and making friends. I prefer the hero system. Good on you. And there are were pretty much, and they were pretty much the only people around who played it. Mm-hmm. As far as I knew, it was this group or nobody, and I didn't have the self-esteem to turn away potential friends. That makes uh, sense. This group was a big part of my social life and didn't want to leave it despite the issues. Thing is... If I didn't join other groups or friends in the past few years, I'm not sure I would have had enough strength to leave this one. Got that. Understood. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> congratulations on it building up, you know, that, that support system for yourself. Convert them <clears throat> to your hero system. Yes. Love. Um, <laughs> why didn't I notice how the GM treated male characters versus female characters? One thing really stuck out at me at the beginning of my last campaign with them, with them campaign was how the public reacted. Mm-hmm. My my last campaign with them okay. was how the public reacted. Okay. In the second session, my character went on patrol in the city, and right away, construction workers were whistling and catcalling at her. <clears throat> a few sessions later, she was given a tour of the embassy for aliens, and her guard was, was all, want to go out sometime? You don't have to be stuck up. I was just asking you out. God, um, I hate that. Other, P- <laughs> other PCs... Yeah, did, it's fine to ask a woman out, but when she says no and you get pissed off... And you start insulting her? That just proved that she made a really good decision. It is, yes. <laughs> other NPCs, including other aliens... And I bet he does this in real life, too. Other, not not the writer of the No, the GM. Yeah, yeah, the asshole GM. Other NPCs, including other aliens, were condescending to her, but I couldn't tell if it was because of her gender or because her homeworld was considered primitive. Mm. 
Um, yeah, possibly. Uh, things like this didn't happen with male characters. Well, then, that obviously males aren't as primitive. Um, everyone has their own limit as to what's acceptable, so I didn't pay much attention how other players were treated. They didn't mind it as much, and I didn't want to be seen as a troublemaker for objecting to things. Yeah. Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> um, not, not necessarily. Not quite, and it's not yeah. exactly because it. Yeah, but well, it's it, also it's, it's also fun. like when you notice it, like. You don't necessarily know if it's your place. Like, if you're not feeling... Like, it's not about your character. If someone else isn't saying anything, like, you're like, okay, maybe they are okay with it. Like It's like going to, to watch a, 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 a stage hypnotist. Right. You don't get hypnotized, mm-hmm. but everyone else is acting like they are. Since, so like, oh, I'm going to act like I'm hypnotized, too. That's not how it works. No, I, 100%. I got hypnotized. But I'm not saying that you don't get hypnotized. No. I can't get hypnotized. Yeah. I've tried. But it's like, oh, y'all just go along. Don't want to embarrass the poor lad, right? That's what you think. <laughs> okay. Same thing. Everyone <laughs> else thinks this is a good game. I'm going to go ahead and act like this is a good game, too. I'm not sure how many of the audience <laughs> is thinking, I don't want to embarrass the poor lad specifically. <laughs> That's a little bit of a stew, stewology, stew, stew terminology there. Were you talking about the hypnotist? <laughs> yeah. I don't go, oh, I don't want to be embarrassing the poor lad. <laughs> I didn't say it with that accent. No, you did I was thinking it with you that accent. You were thinking accent, accent, <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like, I, I, can, I can get it. Yeah, that. I get it. Yeah. All right. Especially um, when it's a big part of your friend group. What did the GM do to make male characters uncomfortable? Two instances really stood out. The bigger one was when my character had to go undercover to prison to secretly interrogate a prisoner. The plan was that my character and the prisoner would be put in the same cell together. Of course, there was a mix-up, and my, his new cellmate tried to rape him. My character only won the fight through lucky die rolls, and I did not trust the GM to save my character if he lost. Holy fuck. Wow. Wow. The lesser incident happened much earlier, soon after the group formed. The circumstances are fuzzy, but I can remember he had a had a bunch of naked women chasing my character, calling out his name. He saw that his this embarrassed me, and repeated my character's name in a feminine tone in such a way that it made it clear that he was enjoying my awkwardness. Hmm. What a fine human being. Wow. I bet he's an elder in his church. Um, <laughs> I would actually, RPG would like to apologize no, 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 to all the that. nice elders who are actually out there. <laughs> no, I'm saying that sarcastically. I know. Um, his usual method of GMing romantic relationships with players other than his wife was to either have the PC do all the work, his NPC would be the strong, silent type, or make it just physical with no emotional weight. How did the GM push buttons? He's the type of person who thinks it's okay to give his friends a hard time, except he doesn't know when to stop and doesn't feel bad when he crosses a line with someone. Can we stop and go back to that last point for just a second? Yes, go ahead. I feel like there is some very clear signs of like homophobia in that. Oh, like, sure. Like the fact yeah. that like sex between two men is like, and obviously rape is terrible when it happens to anyone. But like sex between two men is something that is like a terrible, awful thing. Um, rape is always terrible, but like. There's like a, another layer of hom- speaking of icing from earlier. There's like another layer of homophobic icing on top of rape being bad, right. um, and then now it's a homophobic birthday cake. Yeah, exactly, mm. and <laughs> and like wanting to embarrass you, and I don't know, it's just awful. And then like him not being comfortable acting out romantic relationships unless it's hit with him and a woman. I'd be interested to see if he was okay doing that with another woman at the table, if who it wasn't his wife, because I'm guessing his wife is the only woman at this fucking table. Right. Um, but like not wanting to like get into that when it's like a guy, even though it's role playing. Right. No, just 
gross. Well, I'm reluctant to do that too. But you do agree with it, though. Yeah, but it's not. I, I don't think. I, I don't put. A, there's not, usually not an enormous amount of emotional weight in it. I mean, sometimes. Although, yeah, L five no, R. No, L five R. You did great. Yeah, like it was like an early relationship that was. It didn't get because of the like just the culture in L five R. Right. Um, but no, you definitely. There's been a lot of like very impactful. Even if you're not like. Are paying making out with each other like there's been very impactful um, <laughs> NPC re- to PC relationships yes. that you have GM'd. I always had a hard time telling telling when he was serious and when he was quote unquote joking. Mm. I was guilted into accepting it early on when I complained because it was implied that he that asking him to stop would be saying I didn't want to be his friend. Oh. Overall. Yeah, but I think you don't want to be his friend. Overall, I think he doesn't. He just doesn't respect his players, except for his wife. Nope. Point of order, he does not respect his wife either. I can almost guarantee that. Well, the fact that he uses this game to treat her like garbage as a female character is a very clear sign. <laughs> he does not respect his wife either. Like, right. No. And frankly, he probably doesn't respect himself. Yeah. Which is where the whole, whole the problem, problem is. is. Yes. Um, overall, I think he just doesn't respect his players, except for his wife, as people with their own opinions and desires about what should happen to their characters in the game. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head with that, too. Like, he doesn't have respect for himself, either. Like, this seems to be, like, a big crux of how he feels control about his own life. Mm-hmm. And how he feels, and so he, like, oh, well, if you don't like what I do, you're not my friend. Like, a lot is riding on these games for him. Right, yes. Not as that, not, that's not an excuse for how he behaves, but it is a causation for how, why he behaves this way. Uh, when I moved from my apartment complex, still rated one star on Google, to, to a nice home, uh, town home in a quiet neighborhood in a different suburb, he said I lived in the slums of the city. All right. <laughs> uh, he then tried to justify it by saying the area had expensive houses, the row of townhomes I just moved into were the slums in comparison. Ah. Ah. He and his wife were also habitually late for the game, but only when I was hosting it. When my friends on Steam... Well, yeah, they had to drive around and find a good parking spot so they didn't <laughs> steal the wheels from their cars in your shitty neighborhood. <laughs> um, and he and his wife... We were, were friends on Steam chat? Uh, Sorry. Uh, we, were friend, uh, we, we were friends on Steam chat... And after the game moved online, I could see him playing computer games late at night. Uh, that would be fine, except he would be really tired the next morning. More than once, he fell asleep while GMing. Oh, man. Um, the other players told, told me the GM likes to push buttons, but they never gave any examples, so I would have to guess. One player made a character who is basically an alien robot beetle the size of a large dog with an agreeable personality. Well, you're f- best boy, beetle bug. <laughs> beep, beep. Uh, a female fairy discovered she could sit on the robot's back and have him vibrate. Oh, God. Effectively turning him into a masturbatory device. Of course he did. That does not shock me at all. Uh, I don't know how the player felt about it, but for a while, female fairies would pressure his character to give them rides. Wow. It felt like he was running two campaigns at the same time, one for his wife and one for the rest of us. Yeah. Story arcs and subplots either faded away, forgotten, or kept going on perpetually. Rarely has one ever came to a satisfying conclusion. He excu- his excuse was that in real life, your own story arcs never really end, so it would be the same way in-game. 
That's why you play games, is so it can be just <laughs> yeah. like real life. Yeah. Um, sound familiar? <laughs> um, my character was stuck in one of in one I didn't like for years. Oh. It wasn't interesting, and it dragged on despite my best efforts to end it without having it sputter out. I wanted it finished for a change because of all the effort I put into it so far. Yes, it's a sunk cost fallacy. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, repeatedly, I asked, even begged the GM to wrap it up and start a new arc completely separate from the first. Every time I felt I took a step closer to the end, he would push back the goal two steps. Ugh. This is the arc where my character had to sneak into prison to get answers from a prisoner. I initially thought getting this information would solve the mystery so I could move on. Instead, the GM decided to connect the story arc to the Illuminati, and you can't take down the Illuminati. <laughs> I'm assuming this is a modern day game. Yeah, it must be. Okay. Uh, I mean, maybe it's not. Don't the Illuminati go back centuries? Well, based on, like, so the Templars? So, and well, so, well, no. I watched, like, an Ancient Aliens video uh, or something, uh, I think. Maybe, oh, I can't I remember know. his name. Why, is it Weisthaupt? What was that guy's name? The guy that supposedly murdered uh, George Washington and took his place because he looked a little bit like him. I've never heard that. Oh, really? No. I think his name was Weisthaupt. What? I think. And he was one of the guys that, that supposedly was part of the Illuminati when the, whatever, the Prince of Bavaria or whoever it was went in and, and, and like hunted them down and tried to wipe them out. Uh-huh. And he secretly made it to the New World and, and, and took, took over George, George Washington's place, which is why there's all was this Masonic like stuff all over. 6'3 or 6'4 or whatever? Well, was this guy. This... I think his name is Weistaub. That's crazy. Adam, yeah, Bavarian Illuminati founded in 1776 by Adam Weistaub, ex-Mason. There you go. Weird. Boom. Cha-ching. So weird. Uh, and also, President of the United States. No. <laughs> no. Maybe. Happy Jackson, let's be I think, I, I think that was in the Illuminata series. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I think that's where I... Okay. I think that's where I heard it. Because there's a... Um, there's a series of, of farcical books about the Illuminati called Illuminatus mm-hmm. with an exclamation point. <laughs> and uh, they're very funny. Nice. And, oh, and, and GURPS Illuminati mentions it, might mention it. That's as well. probably where you learned it. Right. But yeah, okay. it's fantastic. So, in what wound up being the last session of the campaign, I felt like I would finally be able to at least finish the chapter in this perpetual story arc. What what it wound up being was a session-long battle. Remember, this is Hero System. Well, you can't yeah. blame the GM for that. Yeah, that's not the bad um, GM. Where my character could not use his powers, leaving everyone else able to fight. That is the GM's fault. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were other times we got cheated out um, of the of a decent conclusion, but this letter is long enough and I'd like to save them for another time. I hope it was able to answer your question. Thanks again for everything. Allervant. Yes, thank, thank you, you for thank you. all the clarification. <laughs> wow. And yeah, it sounds like especially when you're like like all the like negativity be about your you know, moving up into a nicer place and like all that stuff. It's like dude's got issues. <laughs> you're not gonna fix it. It's best to back away quietly. So yeah, wow. Uh, the Illuminatus Trilogy... Who Who's the author? I don't know. There's three of them. Uh, the Eye and the Pyramid, the Golden Apple, and Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Shea and Robert Anton Wilson. Oh, interesting. And they're a farcical sort of... This is, like, really fucking bugging me. What? The cord is, like... Mm-hmm. For some reason, it's rubbing on this shirt. Oh. And it, it doesn't like this shirt. Mm-hmm. All right. Choose your own show topic from Andy in Germany. All right. Go ahead. Oh, Knock man. yourself out. Seid Gutchen 
Roy Lake's boobin. I don't actually. That's I, there's not there's characters in there. I don't even know what they are. Yeah, so, there's that weird look, weird bee looking thing that probably doesn't cool. sound like a bee. No, I don't otherwise I would have just used a bee because there's another bee two words later. Yep, I said it wrong. So whatever I said, I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, that's Hello Happy Jacks with the Jacks as a car, uh, as in a card game. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so Hello Happy Nibs. <laughs> nibs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Greetings from Germany, the land of beer. The land of beer. <laughs> Since you were asking for topics last week, here's a mini choose-your-own-adventure for you. There's topics to talk about here, <laughs> I swear. Apologies for any language issues, as English is not my first language. So far, so good. Starting off with another language was a good way to like bring home how difficult that is for you. I appreciate <laughs> that now. <laughs> You've just arrived at the Caucus of Neckbeards Convention. Hooray! Hosted this year in the picturesque town of Hypotheticburg. <laughs> Hypotheticburg. Yeah, there you go. Hy- Hypotheticburg. There's no C in Hypotheticburg. <laughs> You're right. It's a made-up word anyway. I get it. It's fine. No, no that's, actually a t- that's actually a town in Bavaria. Hypothet- that's where my family's no, from. No, I don't believe no, you. It- you convinced me that there's shoes on directors. <laughs> IMDb pages. I think you're a liar. <laughs> uh, in the mild breeze of the struggling AC. You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> gonna I'm going to go in and I'm going to edit because I have an IMDb entry. Yeah. Because I did sound on a vampire thing once. Yeah. I'm going to go in and I'm going to edit my bio and I'm going to put my shoe, shoe size, size in. Size 12 wide. Yeah. Double E. Nice. <laughs> It'll just start like a trend. It'll be amazing. And if Sam does it, suddenly there's two, two of us that did it. Yeah. I'm like, I have an MD, IMDb page. I think I can fix it. Sam has like IMDb Pro, so oh, I think yeah. you can like really like make everybody do different things. I don't know. His editing privileges is cool. Um, anyway, you definitely I could definitely go and start. We could start editing Wikipedia and start putting shoe sizes for all famous for directors. Yeah, <laughs> that's got to be online somewhere. Like, there's got to be creepy fans who have like fan pages that have like shoe size and weight and height and all that stuff. Maybe. I'm sure. We may make it up. <clears throat> That'd be good. Spielberg, very small feet. Yes. Oh, Strassy is how you say the B sound. Strassy? Stress, stress A. I don't know, I'm guessing. It's evidently a double S sound, according to Ignatius Wayne. What? what? That's Eli. He might be lying too. I feel like everybody's <laughs> lying to me. How I'm, does two S's sound different than one S, sir? <laughs> it's, it's different when you're reading things. How? Because it, it puts the vowels in different places, so it changes how the the words. Oh no! Okay, th- that. But the yeah. sound of the oh the actual one S sound or two of the S. S's. No, yeah, that's the same. It's not like bam. No, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool when you say it like that. <laughs> I got that from a, a C. I got that from a, 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 a cartoon. I don't even remember what it was. It might have been uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. There was the Bandit of Bam. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a full wrinkle thing. All right, I'm Mango sorry. West. We're way I'm off sorry. the thing. Um, so, okay. You've just... All right. Caucus uh, of Neckbeards Convention. And the uh, Hypotheticburg. Uh, the mild breeze of the struggling AC carries a faint whiff of salami and old socks. <sighs> the whole world of gaming is open to you, limited to a remodeled warehouse come convention center. <laughs> I don't know if the come is... Cum. <clears throat> Cum. It's Latin. Oh. It's Latin. It is. You don't believe me? It's, <laughs> it's Latin. No, don't anything. <laughs> what, what, when I think the, it's a much funnier thing to have it be the Warehouse Come Convention Center. <laughs> it's much funnier when it's spelled C U M like okay. that. Okay, <laughs> that's how that's how Coom is spelled. But why would it be a Latin convention center? Coom. Well, it's like um, what's the thing? What the 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 person who like does really well in school when they graduate and they wear like different stuff on them? Yeah, like Magnum Cum Laude. Yeah, I know that. But why would it be with a warehouse? Great with. Laurels or whatever, or or so praises. It's a warehouse or with convention center. 
I, yeah. Well, well he, it's not. <laughs> Latin's probably not his first language either. <laughs> okay. What do you do? A. Gallivant over to the new indie game section and check out something new. Go to one A uh, one. B. I saunter down to the sit down and uh, and play game section. Go to B one. C. I attend a panel that on the greatest flaws in game design and how I fix them. Go to C one. D. I hide in my hotel room, turn out the lights, and wait for the whole thing to be over. Go to D one. Are we streaming at this convention? Because that changes my <laughs> answer. Because then we're D. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I want to go to C. Okay. We will go to C. The greatest flaws in game design and how I fix them. <laughs> Walk down the hall and you see them. Lo- oh, wait. That's no, 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 no. C. C1. Yeah, no, I'm going. I'm moving. Pages away. Yes. Okay. This is a very oh, complicated... Yeah. This is impressive as fuck. Okay, we're gonna have to do this more than once because the same. I did the same thing in the Choose Your Own Adventure books. You have to keep your finger right. in the one where you made the choice, and you go and you're like, "Oh no, I don't like that one." Go back. Yeah. What? You cheat at Choose Your Own Adventure games, is what you're telling me. I was a voracious reader, so I just read all the options. Mm-hmm. That's a smart. Choice. You go through it once. You make one no, decision at no. a time, and then you shred the book. Yes. That's how you play Choose Your Own Adventure games, or give it to a friend. <laughs> Uh, confidently, you strut into the room written next to the title Con Con has always been known for their sterling panels after all The room you enter is already packed Convention hopefuls packed like sardines flavored with Axe Body Spray mm. Oh god, oh god, go back, go back Alright, you manage to squeeze into an overlooked seat in the middle of the front row with a perfect view of the stage Sitting on his throne is the wa- uh, wizened figure of George R.R. Mar- Marlin Jorge R. R. Marlin. Isn't that Jorge? With the J, wouldn't it be Jorge? No, you can pronounce You can have it still be George. I, I guess so. I've never seen George spell with a J. I have. I mean, you could also do I think it's also Jorge. Okay. Jorge R. R. Marlin. His wrinkled face, clean shaven, but sprouting a stark white majestic beard from just below his jawline. <laughs> <coughs> and thus, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, neckbeard, come on. And thus I tell you, there can be no meaningful campaigns without accurate timekeeping. Move on to the great AC debate. Clearly both AC and armor as DR are preposterous. Let me tell you about the genius solution to, uh, to this, which I had developed when my untested homebrew game. <laughs> you are unsure on what to make of his advice, quote, but there's one thing that does stick out to you. A suggestion that D- GMs should not roll dice. Well, clearly meant to imply that they should fudge, uh, should fudge as to make things go according to the script. Is this idea itself <laughs> so wrong? Since a GM is usually busy with running the game and describing scenes, would it be so out of the park to have all roles made by the players? Active defense roles on the player side compared to TNs for monster attacks. And active attack roles and saves versus monster defenses and abilities instead of having monsters roll for attacks as well? <gasps> Question mark. Are we supposed to answer that? Like, is yes. That okay. I'm, ag- I'm against it. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's fine, whatever. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not like Tim where it's like, oh my god, I love my dice and I need to roll my dice all the time. Yeah. But it, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I feel like there's really cool opportunities, and it's not necessarily, like, adversarial, but, like, for example, the Call of Cthulhu game the other day. Like, we were doing, um, not this last session, but the session before that, like, a shoot-off. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was super fun, and, like, 
Sue would roll and I would roll and Sue would roll and I would roll and I think it would be much have been much less exciting if I'd been rolling for both or whatever. Right. Like it was just kind of cool and fun. Um, so it's not the, necessarily the same as combat, but I don't know. They're cool opportunities, and it's exciting to have that random mechanic in there. Yeah. Because well, what he's saying is is just invert whatever the the system is and just have the players do all of the roles. Yeah. So someone's attacking you, make a defense roll. Yeah. But rather still. than make than me making an attack roll. Yeah. But I think there's also that cool random mechanic of like you doing a thing that's against me and right. not necessarily adversarial, but it's like. It's a it becomes a contest. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I might be a little competitive. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. It's possible. Um, other 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 people who might be on the show but aren't here tonight would disagree with us. <laughs> well, I mean, on the flip side of that, I also really enjoy PBTA. Right. And in those systems, it's not you know the GM does not roll. Right. So I don't know if it's necessarily indicative. I don't know. I think it can be done either way, but I don't know. I enjoy I enjoy it both ways. I don't think it's one's better than the other necessarily. No. But there, I think there are times when when having that like like that shootout, mm-hmm. having those kinds of scenarios is adds a little bit of tension to the thing whereas Absolutely. it wouldn't. Right. Well, and PBTA has a system set up where the where the GM still gets to take actions and still gets to ratchet up the tension. Like when they get hard moves and things like right. that, you're like, okay. Yeah, the player rolls shitty, right? Yeah, exactly like that. So there there's still that 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 element of the GM still being able to make choices that, or and and things that really impact combat or anything, the story I should probably should should say. So it's not just in the players' hands, right? So I don't know. Let's go back. Okay, you want to do my no- fingers in the book? All right. So I got flip back. So I'm gonna pick another one. Yes. Uh, no, I'm gonna pick the next okay, one. Okay. Pick that one. Don't pick D. Um, I already read D. Oh. Well, it's right there. I know. I'm just kidding. I don't want to get eaten uh, by a group. I'm going to gallivant over to the new indie game section to check out something new and possibly pitch deck a mud of people. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, A1. Uh, walking down the hall, you see them lined up like baby birds waiting for their mother to regurgitate some life sustaining cash to pay for the heating bills. Yes, this is the group I belong in of Decima. <laughs> You would love to go to the wildly popular Games by Happy Jack section. Unfortunately, the crowd is denser than Dwarven Forge Adamantite, uh, Adamantine, and you fear it would reach critical mass, collapsing into a black hole if you get too close. Or collapse the floor. Yeah. Uh, another choice. A. I check out Carcosa Incorporated in the head office. Dread Cthulhu lies sleeping. B. I check out Ultimate Hippie, the game, uh, the hippie game to end them all. And C, on second thought, I was always more of a D&D person. Not C. Let's go to the A, because we've been talking about... I mean, Cthulhu, like, Cthulhu Incorporated in the head office, dead Cthulhu, like, sleeping. Go to A2. Okay. Uh, On the table is a single black book. The title of the game written on it in barely legible red ink. Oh, great. That's a great sign. Oh, God. You can see... Oh, God, I'm already stressed out. I love illegible books. (laughs) (laughs) You can see why not many people have come to this table, as the figure behind it is rather intimidating in his full-body black robe. Weirdo. Try as you might, you can't see the face (laughs) under the hood. A voice like a rock falling into a silent ocean of space drifts from beneath the (laughs) cavern. Carcosa Incorporated requires your help, little acolyte. Keep the worldwide net of cultists and organized human sacrifice running requires massive capital. You must help the company acquire 
the unholy reagents or sleeping master, uh, our sleeping master requires while hiding our illegally conjured uh, oceanic gold proceeds from the IRS. You ponder this for a moment. Uh, have we reached the point where there exists more variants and spin-offs of classic material than actual faithful representations of said material? Is this a problem or merely an organic development? That's uh, the end. It's an organic development, I think. Talking about if there's, yeah. if there there are, are are there more riffs off of a, a main material mm-hmm. than than the main material itself? Yeah. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. Especially when you're talking about something like Lovecraft and Cthulhu and stuff like that. Exactly. Like even in his time, there were more riffs and spinoffs. Sure. From that mythos oh, that yeah, there's he created. Half originally. a dozen or so act, uh, uh, writers at the time who yeah. were writing the same shit. Yeah. Uh, the I, I finished. Re- did I tell you I finished reading? What's it? What was it called? Uh, Lovecraft and oh shit! I forgot the other character's last name. Uh, he's the one of the major character, the big dream guy from uh, the Cthulhu mythos. Carter, okay. Love, Lovecraft and Carter, or Carter and Lovecraft. It's something like mm-hmm. that. <coughs> August Derleth. No, we definitely remember the name Derleth. Yes, no. He's the best it, it's, boy. It's, it's Carter. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's love. I think it's Randolph called Lo- Carter. Love, Lovecraft and Carter is the name of the novel, mm-hmm. and it's about the great grandchildren of these two people. Yeah. And uh, they have a horror adventure, and and it is a very fun book. It was a very fun book. Cool. It's very interesting. But, yeah. But it was. It, it, but it's also very derivative, and it mm-hmm. al- and also talks about the fact that Lovecraft really wasn't that good of a writer. No. I mean, I, I love the vocabulary and the vocabulary and the, the paragraph long sentences. I mean, I look at that stuff with wonder, but not really conducive to reading. No, no. Um, so, if you if you want to gauge a writer by how enjoyable it is to read their work, which some people insist on doing, <laughs> Lovecraft is probably not a great writer. <laughs> but they also talk about the fact that he was a terrible bigot because oh yeah the the his descendant is a black woman. Mm-hmm. Who still has the Lovecraft name? Nope. No, I don't think it's his direct descendant because I don't think he had any children. I, don't I think I, my guess it would be a sibling mm-hmm. or something. And, and she, and in fact, at one point talks about the fact that he would he would be like scandalized that that at some point one of his descendants married a married a black woman and had a and had a yeah. black great 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 grandchild. Right. But um, the story itself that I thought was very interesting mm-hmm. and very Lovecraftian. Interesting. Um, and it wasn't very enjoyable. I hope they do a sequel to it. Cool. Whoever it was that wrote that. That's fascinating. Again, yeah, he was an asshole bigot. Oh my was, god. Oh yeah. So. Well, you can see it in a lot of his a lot of his writings when he's. Oh, um, and he, Google his cat's name, man. What was his cat's name? Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. When did it name this cat? While he was in I prison, know. or I have no idea. Or he was a big fan I, of World War One artillery. Sergeants. No. <laughs> Let me Google. Let me just double check. I want to make sure. Oh wait, no, maybe it's right. Oh, is it apocryphal? Uh, something awful. Maybe it wasn't Hitler. I might be thinking it wrong. It might be worse. I think it might his name. The cat's name might be worse. <coughs> oh yeah, yep, it's worse than that. And I can't say what oh, he actually named. Oh yeah! Cat. Wow! Holy metric! That's worse. It ends with er. Yes. So yeah, I knew it was something terrible. We don't say, we don't say that word on the show. We don't. Yeah, that we definitely don't say that word on the show. But it's terrible. 
we don't say that word. All right. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I, I think anyway. Go ahead. What, what is your answer to that question? Uh, yeah, I think I don't think it's a problem. Like I, I like people taking things and making them their own and make and being creative with it. Um, and I think organic development like that, um, especially when you're talking about creepy people at game conventions selling their products. Like I, I think that. Um, like the market itself kind of like weeds out like okay this is a great product we really like this this is successful you know and so I think things kind of like survive or don't survive based on their popularity and like what a good thing they are uh, what a good product they are Mm -hmm. so I don't think I don't think it sucks to have like you know five Cthulhu type games that are based on this mythos um because I think if if there are people who are actually getting them (coughs) and in enjoying all of them great if there are ones that are more popular because they're a bit a little bit better product or appeal to people or easier to play or whatever i think the market kind of self-selects so. right and there's some been some great derivative call of cthulhu stuff too i mean the yeah. the uh, what was it delta green which is sort of the, like the modern not not modern day i think it's like earlier than that but like special forces versus call versus cthulhu yeah, yeah yeah cool stuff like that yeah still doesn't end well for them no I mean, yeah, there's just not, there's no, no ending well. It's not like, like, dragons versus modern weapons. Because, like, modern weapons will take out dragons in D&D. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, okay, B. Sit down and play game section. Oh, we're going to do another, okay. <laughs> I thought we were just going to pick one. Uh, sit down and play game section. Okay. <clears throat> not picking one. You already did two. You might as well do three. Well, the, I'll Go let, to B1. S- spoilers, D is you get eaten by a group. Aww. <laughs> Alright, well. B1. A gaggle of game groups already fills the games in the de- uh, in, on the demand hall. It is obvious that most of the tables are already full, with only two spaces left. Aww. Do you pick A. I sit down at a table of handsome young men who beckons me to sit down, surrounded by gamers, confused at the lack of a battle mat. Yes. Sorry, I'm sorry. B. Um, I sit down at a, a D&D table across from a clearly uncomfortable young girl cosplaying as an elf and a young man wearing a dabbing is li- a lifestyle shirt. <laughs> I sit at that table. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, all right. I want to do the dabbing shirt. I feel like I probably, I'd probably see that girl and be like, all right, I need to help her. Right. So, all right, B3. <coughs> With a slight smile and a nod, you greet the group and sit down. Dungeons are entered and dice, uh, dices are rolled. Before you can encounter a dragon, however, a different beast raises its head. The Hydra of Sexism. Okay, this was the correct table to sit at. The young man, obviously handling his character sheet to player two in his pants, has been making stumbling advances on the young woman next to him. She, clearly insecure about being at the table in the first place, does not react to it. Much like a hydra, this blow, uh, this blow merely causes more heads to grow and him to redouble his effort. Ah, oh, the heads that grow. Okay. Um, the uncomfortable situation may, uh, makes you think. What is the best way to resolve this? Will speaking up for her not just make you just as bad as him for patronizing her? Should no. your first pass at her, or should, should you first pass her a note asking if she would want, would want your help? Should you bring the GM who seems too busy running the game to notice? See, this is interesting because I feel like our answers for this are very different, just because of how society works. Okay. Well, give, uh, should I go first then? Yeah, go first. Okay. I would. Uh, well. It, it, 
If there was inclinations that this was happening before I sat down, mm-hmm. I would grab a chair and put it between the two of them and sit in the chair. Oh, nice. Very good. That would be that mm-hmm. was that is what I would do. And then I, I would bring it up to the GM. Yeah. I would think of probably bring it up to the GM with a note saying, Hey, Dabman is creeping on mm-hmm. what's her name and she ain't Yeah. She ain't digging she it. Seems so. uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Where I feel like as a woman, I could step into that situation and actually just say something, mm-hmm. and it would be treated a little differently. Right. Well, if I were to do something like that, because I've done that in bars, and mm. it often results in an almost fist fight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Which is something I like to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I could sit there, and I'd be like, hey, you know what? I've seen lots of people hit on women before. She doesn't seem that into it. Can we get back to the game, please? Can we focus on this? Right. You know, something right. like that, where it wouldn't be seen as... I mean, like, he would probably not enjoy it at all, but he's not going to, like, try He's not going to try to hit you, no. Yeah. Well, Things, I mean, he might. Well, that one GM from earlier might. Yeah, you know, that, guy's, that guy might Good die. luck. Okay, right. I could probably bench press you, <laughs> asshole. All right. But, yes. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Deadlift. I could I've definitely got, deadlift. Maybe. Maybe deadlift. But Because I've got a real firm picture in my mind what this guy looks <laughs> no, like. <me> <laughs> if you weigh less than 330 pounds, I can deadlift you. Or 330. Mm. Yeah, I know he might not. I know. There's what is it, how much can leg press? Uh, I don't know. I haven't done that in a long time. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Yeah. You, what are you skipping leg day for, bro? I'm not. Deadlift is legs. Lots of legs. And we do squats. I can back squat like 250. So... There's lots of legs. I just don't have the machine that you. Oh, do. they don't have the machine. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I do free weights. Anyway, sorry, we got. Because if you we got very bro for a moment, you I'm probably sorry. could. You probably could get close to a thousand then. Uh, I have no idea. Leg pre- it's amazing how much leg you yeah. can leg press. Oh, okay. uh, cool. It's insane. Okay, probably a lot. I mean, just like first, like when I was in high school, I had a leg press machine when I joined the the, mm-hmm. um, the wrestling team. Like right off the bat, I could leg press like five or six hundred pounds. Oh, like okay. right off the bat. Oh, okay. <clears throat> now. now I, couldn't walk the next day, right? But <laughs> swole, and it really? went up. It went up to like fifteen or twelve or something like that. Wow! Yeah, fucking football player. Yeah, I don't you know. think I've ever tried one of those machines. Yeah, it's amazing how much you can. You can. So yeah, you could definitely like. Okay. Uh, and, and I'll just read D. Unfortunately, you didn't bring any torches with you. This is when you go back to your room to hide. Oh, okay. And now it, it is pitch black. You hear faint scratching noises come from the mini bar behind you. <laughs> you fumble for a light switch, but before you can flip it. A strangling yoke of barbed tentacles rips away from the wall. Rips you away from the wall. The only thing that will be found in the morning is your badge lying in a puddle of blood. You have been eaten by a Gru. Oh. See, you know what, though? You missed the most important option. What? Which is... Uh, Go to the bar? Yes. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> Whatever D, none of the above. I go to the bar. Right. And wait for my friends to come tell me their gaming stories after that. I'd have a beer. Absolutely. All right. But that's it. Good. That's a done. great email. That was, was very fun. I'm, I am amused. Well done. All right. Thank you for joining us for Season 25, Episode 10 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kimmy. And we'll see you next week, Friday, 7, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. HappyJacks.org slash live to watch us then. And uh, we're playing Traveler Sunday. on Sunday. Is there, what's, what's the Saturday game? Uh, tomorrow we're playing uh, a Star Wars game that I have never heard of. 
um, and it starts at 3 p.m. and goes to like 7-ish, so it's a one-shot, it should be super fun, run by Jameson, and uh, Brie and I are playing, it should be crazy. Excellent. Thank you very much, we'll leave this on. Yeah. Bye! Ha <laughs> ha